I'm Cheryl State Bryson, mom, divorcee, health nut, and host of the Healthy Mom After Divorce podcast, where I help divorced moms get healthy, create financial stability, and develop emotional fortitude while they master co-parenting their kids. The place is here, and your time is now. So let's do this. Healthy Mamas, and welcome to this seventh episode of the Healthy Mom After Divorce podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time to tune in today and listen. As divorced moms, we have so much on the go, so I really appreciate the time you share with me because time really is so precious. Today, I am going to talk about something I think we all fall victim to sometimes, and that if not reeled in quickly, can consume us and really affect our mental well-being. And that thing is envy. Find the full transcript for this episode at healthymomafterdivorce.com slash seven. In her beautiful book, Atlas of the Heart, Brene Brown says, envy occurs when we want something that another person has. She distinguishes it from jealousy by saying, Jealousy is when we fear losing a relationship or a valued part of our relationship that we already have. So when you see something that someone else has that you want, like a new car, and you say, oh, I'm so jealous of them, it's not actually jealousy that you're feeling. According to Brene, what you're actually feeling is envy. If you're like me, I think I prefer saying jealous. It feels more superficial and almost positive in some ways. In modern parlance, you will even hear someone say they are so jelly of someone else, almost as a way to compliment them. But envy doesn't feel this way to me. In fact, saying you're envious of someone feels deeper and even rooted in some painful longing. So I'm going to get real here. If I am being totally honest, the time I feel the most envious is when I see a family, another family, that is still intact. I say intact because I really can't think of a better word. And intact will mean different things to different people, depending on how they identify and what family means to them. For me, and for the purposes of this episode, intact means a married couple parenting their kids. No divorce or co-parenting or shared time, just two people who get to be with their kids 24-7. Honestly, I don't even like the word intact, but I'm not sure how else to get the point across. So we'll go with it for now. And I think you understand what I mean. So for me, this intact family that I'm envious of has the following benefits. Parents who get to see their kids whenever they want. Parents who can book holidays and vacations at will. Parents who get to go to all their kids' events. People who don't have to get permission from someone else to take their kids to Disneyland kids who get to live in one home, kids whose stuff is in one place. You get the picture. And this envious feeling is always worse around the holidays or spring break or summer vacation. Pictures get posted on social media and your friends tell you about their trips. You and your kids get invited to a friend's barbecue, but you're the only one who shows up without their kids because they're with the other parent that day. If you're like me, the envy can come in fast and furious. And when it does, it often grows and morphs into resentment. Resentment never feels good, especially if the subjects 
are people that are close to you, like friends or family. Knowing this, though, doesn't change the fact that I long to be that family. I want to see my kids all the time. I want to book holidays at will. I want to go to all my kids' events. I want my kids home every day. But I can't. I do not get to be that family. I don't get to see my kids all the time. I don't get to book holidays at will. I don't get to go to all my kids' events. I only get to see my kids 50% of the time. Now, at this point, I've listed all the things I don't get to be, and it's kind of depressing. But just as there cannot be darkness without light, there can't be a list of things I don't get to be without a list of things I do get to be. So let's tackle the envy. Let's move away from envy as an emotional response and analyze where it's coming from. What is my envy rooted in? Better yet, what assumptions is it making about these other families? Well, I can name a few. It assumes their relationships are healthy. It assumes there's no abuse. It assumes both parents want to be in the relationship. It assumes they fight clean. It assumes that their children see parents who love each other. It assumes that everyone feels safe. Most of all, it assumes that this family unit is best for all of them. Do I have any idea if all or even any of these assumptions are true? I may think I know, but I really don't. I know what someone tells me, but is that really enough to ground my quote-unquote facts about their family life? Thinking back to my own marriage, how many people knew the real situation? Honestly, none. No one knew everything until after I'd left. My envy is rooted in a picture-perfect scenario, but the reality is I have manufactured the whole scenario in my mind. You've probably heard the term confirmation bias. This is our tendency to look for or interpret things to support our pre-existing positions or beliefs. So let's apply it here. Because I have told myself I want this family life because it is the, quote, best way to have a family, I look for evidence of it all around. And although I can't know 100% what any given relationship is like behind closed doors, I just fill in the gaps with positive information that supports my narrative, or put another way, confirms my bias. If I take a minute to really think about it, I don't actually know if any of these other families are actually living the lives I've created for them in my head. So not only is my envy entirely pointless and toxic to me, it's based on a reality I've invented. (laughs) What the heck? This makes no sense. I've come to learn that families come in so many different forms. As a society, a lot of us have subscribed to the assumption that intact families are the best case scenario and the best way to raise kids. Uh, based on what exactly? Most people would say that kids who have parents who stay married are better off, and that may be true some of the time, but only if a multitude of other criteria are also met. Having together parents is just one piece of this particular healthy puzzle. It's not even a piece of lots of other puzzles. What about other factors in romantic relationships like intimate partner violence, narcissistic abuse, manipulation, gaslighting, substance abuse, unequal roles, mental illness, abuse directed towards the children, 
I mean, this list is not meant to be exhaustive. It's just some examples of things that would quickly negate any health derived from the parents staying together. I would certainly say that, generally speaking, parents who remain in an abusive relationship for the sake of the kids are probably not doing those children any favors. And I certainly don't think this family would be considered intact, at least not in the romanticized version I have created in my head. You could argue that most of the time, what's best for the kids is that a toxic relationship actually ends. And I'm not saying all this to upset you. I'm just saying it to challenge the assumption and the societal norm that intact families where the parents are still together are somehow the pinnacle of parenting life because, frankly, it is this wrong assumption that fertilizes my toxic envy. So what do I do? Well, I start by appreciating that I do not have all the information and never will. I appreciate that families come in so many different forms. I appreciate that there is no gold standard for families. And I have learned to love my family as it is now, not how I think it should be. Remember, a lot of us, as divorced moms, we had it like it should be, didn't we? I mean, we were with our kids' other parent at some point. We had intact families. We could book vacations at will. We didn't have to ask for consent to travel. We didn't have to miss events. And we didn't have to shuttle our kids back and forth between houses. But there was so much else going on in our marriages too, wasn't there? So we chose to love ourselves and our children by speaking up, ending a relationship that was not healthy, and redefining what our healthy family looks like to us. If you're like me, you wanted to show your children what is okay and not okay in a relationship. You wanted to show them unconditional love and respect. And as divorced moms, we are doing just that, even if only half the time. And half the time is way better than none of the time. And you know what else? The next time that envy creeps into your heart when you see other families with the life that you want, remember that that mom might be looking back at you, feeling the same envy. She might be envious of your family living the life she wants and envious of the bravery you had to leave and make it happen. Not being married to your kids' other parent does not make your family broken. The core of your family is the strong relationship you have as a mom with your kids. That is family. Everything else is just dressing it up in different outfits. One outfit has a mom married to their kids' other parent. Another outfit has a mom raising her kids on her own with the help of her parents. Another outfit has a mom remarried and raising her kids with the help of a step-parent. Another outfit has a mom raising her kids on her own with zero support. Your relationship with your children is your family. It is not broken and not something that is less than whole simply because it does not look the way we have been told it should. So the next time that dark cloud of family envy floats over you at the next school function, don't beat yourself up for feeling it. Just recognize it for what it is rooted in assumptions, misinformation, and dated societal norms, then gently remind yourself you have a beautiful family, which is entirely unrelated to who you are married to, who supports you, and who helps you raise your kids. I want to leave you with this thought. 
I'm reminded of a proverb attributed to African cultures that goes, it takes a village to raise a child. A village, healthy mamas, not just a mom and a dad, a village, an entire community of people that provide for and help raise a child in a safe and healthy environment. This is what's best for our kids. I also wanted to share something else that's kind of interesting about that proverb. It turns out that academics have not actually been able to determine the exact origin of the proverb, but they have found other versions of it from various African societies that translate to the same message. I think these are all beautiful, so I want to share them too. The first one goes, a child does not grow up only in a single home. Second one, a child belongs not to one parent or home. Another one, regardless of a child's biological parents, its upbringing belongs to the community. And lastly, whomsoever is not taught by the mother will be taught by the world. So when the envy comes, just notice it. Then bring your awareness to how uninformed it is and all the unconscious biases it's based in. Then take a deep breath, straighten your shoulders, and turn your attention to what really matters, your kids and your relationship with them. Then go forward, find your village, create your community, and your kids will thrive. Chin up Healthy Mama, and remember, healthy moms raise healthy kids. Thank you so much for listening. Please leave a review. And if you like what you heard, share this episode with other mums. Don't forget to follow me on social media. And if you want to learn more about me and what else I have to offer, head over to healthymomafterdivorce.com. I can't wait to connect with you.